Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Audacity Academy with your fabulous boundary queen of a coach, Sarah Falciani. I am here today with Cecilia Magnuson. She is a business owner. She's an entrepreneur. She is a life coach, an educator. She's a stress coach, a relationship coach. She's such an amazing, powerful person who works with individuals to help them overcome their victim mindset and live the best life that they possibly can following abuse, following difficult challenges, following that she just helps her people overcome and thrive. And I just am so thankful that she's here today with us to share her story. Welcome, Cecilia. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's an honor to be here and talk about this topic. Uh, it's, uh, it's a heavy topic. And when you have been through it, you have a really, really deep experience of life, I will say. And Absolutely. people, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, myself, I have been in actually two relationships. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine two significant romantic yeah. relationships with narcissists. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, the first one was for 20 years. Mm. It was a long relationship. We met when I was really young or really young I was 16 turning 17 I will call that young but it's quite common that you meet the love of your life that uh, at that age which I thought um, and I was with him for 20 years I'm going in what happened and stuff like that in the end of the, it took me 10 years to leave that relationship and two kids later. But in the end of the relationship or those 10 years, I had to earn love. I had to earn closeness. I had to earn hugs uh, and kind words. So when I left that relationship, I jumped right into another relationship because I thought that I had, I was so threw up with that first relationship I had with the narcissist. And that was a healthy uh, relationship that I had after the 20 year relationship. The thing was, which is very common, that you go fast in another relationship, that relationship or that man or woman are healthy, but you become the toxic one because you are so, let me say, damaged of the treatment that the, the narcissist had treated you. So you become looking for those signs when does it come? When does it happen? And when you start to look at those signs, you become the toxic one, even if you're not the toxic person, because you are so used to look at, at it when you go so fast into a relationship. Again. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
It's without a doubt. My, my therapist, when we were, when I was first getting out of my relationship with my narcissist in 2018, I was so concerned. I was like, I keep showing up in my relationships with men or in my friendships. And it, it feels like I'm the toxic one. And she's like, well, yeah, because narcissism is a spectrum. And when you're with a narcissist, you're on the other end of the spectrum, but then you know, you leave that narcissist and that pendulum kind of swings back in the other direction and you become, you start exhibiting some of the tendencies because you don't know how to function in relationships without that narcissistic, um, those narcissistic patterns. So you manifest them in order to sabotage. It's a, it's just a sabotage pattern. It's terrible. Exactly. Very unfortunate. But normal. It's normal though. (laughs) It's very normal. It's, and that's the thing that I think people don't know about that have been in a a narcissistic relationship because uh, when you think you're going in, okay, this is a healthy man, this is a healthy woman, but you you self become the toxic person. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you haven't healed before you go in in another relationship, of course. After that, I went into uh, another relationship because the second relationship ended, of course. Uh, And I have healed between those two, uh, the healthy one and the second one. Um, the thing was that I didn't recognize the sign immediately because he was not the grandiose narcissist like my first narcissist was. He was a COVID narcissist. Can you quickly explain for my listeners the difference between a grandiose and a covert narcissist? Yeah, the grandiose uh, narcissist is outgoing his searching attentions he's the best he's the most famous he's the worst he's the um you can't be better than him and if you are better than him he break you down there in that area uh the covert narcissists are introvert are quiet, uh, but he he's he wants to be the best, but he blamed that on stuff that happens around him, why he can't be the best. And uh, when he and he's so jealous about the things that you do that are good, that he wants to be better. So, but because he blames other other stuffs around uh, the things that happened, mm-hmm. he starts to, to break you down as well. So the, the covert narcissist takes longer time to recognize, but in the case, it, it's an opposite thing that they do against the uh, grandiose narcissist. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they are the same. 
Mm -hmm. Is it possible for someone to be, to exhibit traits of both? Like in some areas, they are more grandiose. Like I am the smartest person that you'll ever meet. But then in other areas, they're like doing that. Oh, but I'm not going to an Ivy League school because of these circumstances that happen. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And they are like, I'm looking in the mirror. It's an example, but uh, looking in the mirror and say, oh, I'm so beautiful. I'm so great. I'm so uh, the best Mm -hmm. uh, in that way. Uh, my both of those that I have been with have you could never seen that on the outside the public didn't know the public rarely knows yeah exactly Um, the thing is that they have my, the second one that I had, he had very few friends, mm-hmm. uh, close friends, because he couldn't keep them. And if he had long-term friends, they were in a distance. So they didn't meet him often. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, the, that's also a sign of the COVID narcissist. Interesting. Because the grandiose narcissist surrounds them. They need to have their ego stroked. So they will surround themselves, not necessarily with close, intimate friends, but with people who will stroke their ego, who believe that they're putting on. And they are often outgoing. They Mm -hmm. want to be the boss Mm -hmm. uh, or or CEO. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they want to be an entertainer. They want to be... uh, teacher so they can have the power over someone else absolutely absolutely Mm. at what point when you were with your second narcissist the covert narcissist when did it finally start to occur to you huh he's also a narcissist oh boy yeah we went that we moved in quite fast together uh, just after a few six eight months mm-hmm. and when I had lived with the thing was I think I saw the signs before we moved in together but I didn't want to see them yeah I've been there <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't want to see them because uh, we I had um, uh, canceled my my apartment because of we should move in together so uh, when I did that I think the signs start coming um, so when I moved in with him it was good about maybe a month and after two months maybe I realized I can't live here. Oh wow. So we we lived together for for six months. And by oh, month two, you know you knew you couldn't stay. You needed yeah. to get out. Exactly. And then it took almost two years before he 
he really I, I had block him, block him everywhere. I didn't answer texts. I didn't answer phone calls. Um, he called my friends, my family, my coworker at the time. And everything uh, when I uh, wanted to end the relationship. What was the breaking point that finally made you go, I'm like, I'm done, I'm blocking you, we're, we're done? What was your, what was the final straw for you? The, he, he had had, because uh, when I moved out, we didn't end the relationship immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with him maybe a couple of months more, but it was we didn't see each other every week because we lived in the in not in the same city so when i had my kids and he had his kids we had to to be in our own town so so we saw each other every second week or or so but the thing was he was so jealous of my kids so when I come home, I could set the time on when I got the text message that he was angry that I left mm. or that he blamed the kids for something or, uh, yeah, you know, everything. So the circle was like this, um, blaming uh, was threatening love bombing blaming threatening love bombing and this was a circle that went on and on and on sounds familiar oh yeah (laughs) so uh, when when he did that i realized no i can't do this and the text was so 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 long it was ridiculous the one and that you sent or the one that he sent in response the to The one that he sent. I just answered as short as I could mm-hmm. until that point that I said that, no, 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 I don't do this anymore. And then what happened? Uh, when, when I uh, stopped uh, texting back, he become worse in the beginning uh, he 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 threatened to to come here to my city he didn't do that but he threatened about that he proposed to me as well uh, yeah uh, yeah you know it's crazy it's a roller coaster of emotions the whole time. It really, really is like, wow. They'll try anything to get you back too. They will. They'll go yeah. from, I hate you. You're the worst person in the world to try to guilt you to what yeah. are you doing to me? Look what you've done to me to try to guilt exactly. you to, oh, I don't deserve you. I realize you're the best thing that ever happened to me. Will you marry me? Please just say you'll marry me. It's, it's, it's insane. It really yeah. is. It, it makes you feel crazy. It yeah. absolutely makes you feel crazy because you yeah. don't, 
it's like every other second they're, they're switching gears to try to keep you off balance to see if they can distract you enough or manipulate you enough or exhaust you enough so that you're finally just like, I can't, whatever. I don't even care anymore. Yes. I'll marry you. Just shut up already. And that, and that's how these cycles just continue. Exactly. So that's where, where, when I really got interested, I got interested in the narcissist's after my first relationship, because I wanted to, at the time when I was with him, I didn't know he was a narcissist. The one that I were with in 20 years. So even at that 10 year mark, when you were starting to try to leave him, you still didn't know that he was a narcissist. No, okay. I didn't know. I have never heard the word at that time. It was not something anyone was talking about at that time Mm -hmm. so or at least in my environment that I I I were (laughs) and this was um it sounds like I'm a I'm a dinosaur but it was (laughs) just in the beginning when the internet (laughs) was coming (laughs) Hey, a lot has happened in the past few decades. We all feel yeah, like dinosaurs. Right. We yeah. all feel like dinosaurs. It's insane. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, in that environment that I was in, I didn't know that, but I know that something was wrong. I know that I went on eggshells and looked for every sign that he, how he walked, how hard he pushed his feet to the ground. Tone of voice. You know, the voice, what yeah. he, what, not the words, it was how he said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the face muscles, the hands, how he hold his hands how his legs were when he was standing, you know, you were always prepared. Mm-hmm. Hypervigilance, and, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was something that I, I learned afterwards that that's not normal. That's not normal to, to respond to that thing. Nope. Uh, it's not normal that you have to earn your love. Well, normal is a relative word, but it's certainly not healthy. That's for sure. It's not Not at all healthy. No, no. And it's not healthy to, or normal to have a a boyfriend that say that it's something wrong with you, you need to go to the doctor uh, to, to look into your head and see if you, you have dementia or if you are, are have Alzheimer's. Two times I was in, in the hospital for that on his request. The first mine. Your, the, the first, first one, one. Uh, and one time I was with the doctor because 
in that kind of environment, I become burned out. This was before my kids, but I, I couldn't take it uh, with him. He, he insists to go to the doctor with me because he said it's something wrong with me as well. Uh, the doctor said that I was burned out, gave me medication, gave me um, uh, time to rest. And when we come home, he didn't believe me. He didn't believe the doctor diagnosed on me either. He said that we had conspired us, uh, me and the doctor together. And he was the right one to, to tell. Diagnose you. Yeah, exactly. Of course. And I was just making everything up to be, to be difficult. Mm -hmm. To make his life hard, to bring attention to yourself, to exactly. all of that. Yep. Yeah. 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 It was something that I couldn't forgive him for so, so, so long time. I can imagine. Yeah. What was your breaking point with that? Like it took you 10 years to leave, right? Yeah. What that was the truth? Got that it. was the breaking point for me. Uh, that was when that, you first started trying to leave. Yeah. Uh, and I threw away my engagement ring at that time as well. Wow. Yeah. After that, he, he said that uh, he started love bombing me, of course. I didn't know that at the time, but he did. I got pregnant. When I got pregnant, I said, uh, he didn't believe that he was the father. So when, when I told him, because I thought that he was joking, because for me, there have never been anyone else or I haven't even looked at anyone else at that time. So I said, no, it's uh, ghosts that are the father. And he threw me out the house. Oh my God. Yeah. So I lived with my parents for, I actually don't remember a long time, but it, I think it was one week or two weeks or something like that maybe three and when then I start to thinking should I have this kid I need to try it with the kid's father of course he's the father we have to fix this absolutely you know? it's completely natural yeah um so I went back and then when I went back, it was then the hard part start for real. Um, 
a lot of blaming, a lot of jealousy, a lot of uh, alcohol for him. I have always heard from him that my education that I had before I went, become a teacher wasn't a profession. Mm. I was a hairdresser at the time. It wasn't a real job, he said. And I always said, no, I pretend to work. <laughs> what should I say? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, know. I do a service and receive money, but sure, this is not a real job, I suppose. No, no, I suppose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I educate myself to a teacher. Um, and uh, that was a little bit better. Uh, so, but I had this kid, he was jealous of him. He, be, his, he, the father of the child became jealous of the child. Yeah. Sounds like a narcissist. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and then, then um, I have five years between my kids. Just before I... When, when my first kid was three and, and a half or three, I wanted to leave. And he started love bombing and he started to, to, oh, but we can go to a travel and we can do stuff and we can, you know, mm -hmm. this. And we went to, to Australia for two and a half months to travel uh, and that was the only best thing in that relationship because was two months everything was calm there mm. everything was calm so it was good memories as well it was not just hard at the time I found out that I was pregnant uh, just one day before we left <laughs> to Australia. Uh, at this time, we, we didn't have sex, almost invisible sex. It was so few times under those 10 years and I become pregnant. So uh, that was, I don't, uh, I love my children. I, I really love my children, uh, but the start could be better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I told you, he, he, those two other times that he said that I had Alzheimer's or, or uh, uh, dementia, he, so, you know, the environment wasn't so good. No, not at all. Um, a lot of fights, loud fights. Um, so that that was a really really hard part, actually. Was so, all of those fights in front of your kids? Yeah, especially the oldest one because the youngest one. He, he doesn't even remember that we have been together today. 
So um, because uh, he was two when I left, uh, two and a half when I left his father's after that. So, mm. so all of this. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Like all, I know none of that was. I'm sure it's never easy to go back and think about it and kind of put yourself back in that space of how you felt, but those two relationships and all the healing that you've done, it's taken you time to shift your own victim mindset, because I don't like to use the word victim. We don't like to think of ourselves as victims, but when we have been with narcissists, we've been abused we yeah. have been abused and we do adopt a victim mindset and it's completely natural that we do because that's how we survive. Yeah. But it's shifting that and realizing that's not our reality anymore and that we have the power to create a new reality and change the way we, rela- we relate to our romantic and platonic relationships. Exactly. So how and- did you start finally shifting that for yourself? Uh, for myself, uh, I have been through maybe 12 different therapists Mm -hmm. through the time. Uh, When I start to change my behavior and my beliefs about myself, because when I start to talk about that everything that my first have been through and how I acted in the the second relationship, the healthy relationship that I was in, I start to understand that this this isn't good. This isn't healthy. What has happened to me? Uh, One thing that I want to tell you Many people that go through, uh, go through, I will say, a narcissist because that is something we often pass, mm-hmm. uh, pass yes. through in our life. Uh, we are often very strong people. We are often high pre- performance people. We have a lot of compassion for people. We are, I don't like to use the word people pleaser, but in a way we are that because we want to have everybody around us feel well. Mm -hmm. We're givers in one way or another, we're givers. Yeah, in one way or or another, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, And when you are a strong person, I work a lot with entrepreneurs and leaders that have been through this or business owners that have been through a, a relationship like this. Then that we don't have to forget that is, is that a narcissist mirroring you in the beginning. They are like you, you fell in love with yourself in the beginning. It's such an interesting perspective. But yes, I mean, narcissists choose powerful people. They choose the people that they want to be because they're 
leeches that suck that energy off of you so that they have it. It's that's why they call uh, a target for a narcissist their source. Like they find a new source, someone they can get their, get all of that from. So it is amazing that you're highlighting that for your clients and going, no, you are an amazing person. You're not the way they belittled you and broke you down. They did that to you, but they chose you. And that's not you. That's not you. You are not that broken uh, victim, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever you will call it, uh, person that the narcissist had created. You are the person that mirroring you in the beginning you are the strong person you are the powerful person you are the happy person you are the 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 light in life yes absolutely Mm -hmm. and when you you realize that and can believe that you have been that that's when your journey starts. That's when the journey starts with healing yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you have your self-image, when you can create it, that self-image of how you want to be, maybe better than you were before you met the narcissist, Mm-hmm. You have a vision, you have a goal. And when you have a vision, you have a goal, you start to have faith in, in or, or believe in that vision. And when you believe it, you create knowledge to, to implement in yourself. Absolutely. So many people, I remember for myself, in I left my narcissist in 2018 so it's Mm -hmm. been now it'll be four years in October that I've been out of that relationship I've had contact with him once in those four years um and many times many many times in the first two to two and a half years I would go I used to be somebody before I met him like I was somebody I was going places and he took all that from me And now I'm just different. And it took like, really, I, my healing and my love that you brought that up because my healing and my progress started doubling and tripling speed when I went, realized, oh my God, he was attracted to me because I was somebody I'm still that person. I can choose to be that person, except now I can choose to be stronger, wiser, better, faster, brighter exactly more indestructible like it's like you were at this baseline when they met you and they took you down here but now you have the potential to be up here exactly and it's just it was it was the light bulb went off yeah but it takes time to get there because you're not you're looking in a mirror and you're seeing a shell of your former self while you're with the narcissist and then when you first leave it takes time to remember who you are And it takes time to allow yourself to dream of being even more. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to come back to the question that you asked me, how I heal. Because I went to therapists, a lot of them. And when you go to a therapist, at least uh, where I live, um, 
you go, if you're lucky, once a week or every second week. And the thing that happens when you go once a week or once even uh, every second week is the day you are there, you have knowledge or you have talked or have, have uh, uh, get some, some um, uh, what do you call it, uh, homework. Mm -hmm. uh, but after one or two days, you start to fading that, like, oh, I forgot that a little bit. And then yes. one or two days before you go into the meeting, oh, you still, I, I, I need to do the homework. <laughs> So, so you're going in a roller coaster like this. You are not um, constant in your progress. Like I told you, I'm a Proctor Gallinger um, consultant, uh, and that program I went through that program that uh, Bob Proctor created. Um, uh, thinking into result because I had decided that I want to do a shift in the depth, in my subconscious mind. I wanted to clear out everything that was not worthy to carry in my backpack anymore. That is the best analogy I've ever heard for that. Clearing out the stuff that's not necessary to carry in your backpack, the proverbial exactly. backpack. That's perfect. I love that yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before I met Bob Proctor, uh, I had created a system for, for my narcissistic clients, uh, victim clients. Uh, but now, I have compared those two together. So you got both the thinking into result by Bob Proctor and the, the Own Your Success program. Because when you go through that program, you study every day, every day. Mm -hmm. You have homework every second week but you study it and um, implement it in your life every day Love that. with me as a mentor so you have contact with me every day for six months which means that when you do the journey you go through the journey so much faster than you do with a therapist. It depends what you have been through, of course. But uh, when you, the, the differences I want to uh, highlight is when you do it every day, you, you don't get lost. Mm -hmm. And you have someone that picks you up when you start to fall down. Definitely. 
because instead of it going up like this, it's more, it's a little bit more stable. Yeah. It's stable. Mm -hmm. It's stable. And if you're falling down, I'm there to pick you up. Yep. If the, if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to reach out, of course, it's a two-way street, but if you're available there literally every day for six months, there's really no excuse except them not being ready to take that journey, which is okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You can only be changed if you want to be changed. Mm -hmm. You can only clear out your backpack when you're ready to clear out your backpack. Exactly. (laughs) And if if you're not, just let it sit in the corner of the room for six months and come back to it. You can unpack eventually. (laughs) And we have fun when we do it because it's a tough journey, but the journey can be fun when you do it as well. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need necessary to be Because a lot of people think of personal development or therapy like a heavy, boring, sad thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have emotions. You have emotions. But you can, you learn how to handle those emotions. Yep. And you don't need to have, like, like for me, I just want to, to tell you because it happened so recent, recently. Before, when I had a bad day, that bad day was a week. Mm-hmm. Almost or more. And I cried and I was angry and I was disappointed at myself. And you know, the, the whole circle of self-doubt and you know, you go down and fear and mm-hmm. everything totally. that happens there. But I had one day last week that I just had a meltdown. I Everything was just, I thought that day was bad. The thing that I have, and I have had, I haven't had that for two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, at all. So that was the first time in two years that I had this emotional, that just take over myself. I couldn't control my emotions. So the thing is that I have learned and I want to learn, uh, teach you this, that you can be, just let it be, be with your emotion. I was with the emotion and I said to myself, okay, I'm going to be sad this day. I canceled my bookings and I was just sad but only for that day. Yep. By holding space for yourself to be in your emotions where you are, you are able to process them, give yourself what you need and move through them faster. Alternatively, you might've had a bad week or a bad month. If you had just showed up for work, forced yourself through it, not sat with it, it it would have snowballed. That's amazing that you did like applause. 
some people go their whole lives and never get to that point. <laughs> even, even the teacher learns. <laughs> you need to be both the teacher, a good teacher, and a go good follower. Mm -hmm. Every teacher, teacher and a good follower. Every teacher is a student. And then you have no business teaching if you're not willing to be a lifelong student. That's my philosophy. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so, oh my goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the work that you're doing with your with your clients, with your students. It sounds like this program that you have developed is just absolutely genius. So if anyone is interested in that program, resonated with your story, would like to reach out and get in contact with you tell my audience where they can find you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, I have my uh, webpage, uh, www.sec. Um, I don't know what that called. In the dash middle. or underscore? Dash? It's dash, a dash. dash Ownyoursuccess.com. Beautiful. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see her website right on her background. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, I will drop that website, of course, with the rest of the links to get in contact with yeah. her in the description. And, and my Facebook page is also Star Empowerment Consult, like SEC, ownyoursuccess.com. I love I know uh, Facebook. Facebook, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll drop that link as well. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us today, Cecilia. I loved this talk. I loved hearing your story. You have been through it, but it sounds like you are just, I don't know, every day you're learning a little bit more, applying a little bit more, expanding a little oh, bit yeah. more, growing a little bit more and making a yeah. difference in the world every yeah. moment of every day. If there is one thing that the universe has put on your heart to say today, one tip, one word of wisdom, one piece of advice, what do you have to say to someone out there who's listening? I will say, get a mentor that understands you so you can heal faster. Beautiful. That's my absolutely recommendation. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I want to say as well, is that you can be truly, truthfully happy, calm uh, in, your, in your body and soul, not just in your smile. Mm -hmm. yeah. On that note, I love that you said that. I've been saying this. People keep asking me how I feel lately, like this year. And yeah. the word that keeps coming up is peaceful. I feel at yeah. peace. And it's the first time ever in my life, especially the first time since I met my narcissist 10 years ago yeah. in 2012, that I can honestly say, I feel at peace with myself, with exactly. my work. Like circumstances are not necessarily exactly what I want them to be. Of course, I haven't achieved all my goals or whatever, but all of that doesn't matter because in here, exactly. I feel like I feel healthy and at peace. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you got a lot out of this conversation, not the least of which is inspiration that if you have gone through a relationship with a narcissist, you are going through a relationship with a narcissist, or you're just not feeling like yourself. You feel like someone at some point took something from you. You can not only get back to where you were, but you can create something even more beautiful and stronger and better and brighter than you can even imagine. And it's just on the other side of reaching out for support not being afraid to ask for help and doing the hard work on yourself, y'all.
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Cecilia, for coming today. And thank you to my listeners for listening to this amazing episode. And I will see y'all next week.